Hey, Emily. Hey, Stephanie. Hey, ladies. Who said that? It's me, Jess. Well, Jess, do you want to do a podcast? Absolutely. Music for eight seconds, so we need to have a dance party. <laughs> Welcome to Cycle Swaps, a podcast where we stop the competition and start the collaboration. In this episode, we are talking to a woman who is here to help her listeners flip the script and break away from the expected path by giving them strategies and tools to help them live life on their own terms. That's right. It's host of the unscripted podcast, Jessica Bergio. Welcome to the podcast. And did I say your last name right? I typically try and ask people before I even do anything, but I was just so excited I didn't ask. And did I do a good job? Yes, Emily, you nailed it. Nailed okay. it. Whew. Good. Thank goodness. I was like, oh no. The little things I know, right? Yeah, that really scared me. I don't ever like to say somebody's name wrong. That makes me start off with not putting my my best foot forward or anything. Feel that. I feel that I've messed up a few people's names. I'm I'm not going to lie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It ha it's happened to us too and then I I just feel very badly when they correct me. I'm like, "Oh god." So now I try and ask and I did a bad thing and I didn't ask you. So I apologize. All good. I'm excited to be here. Oh, we're so excited. Thank you so much for doing this. I always love this show. This is my favorite side show that we do. I love connecting with other female podcasters who are on a similar journey and just using this space to introduce you to our audience so that you can get more listeners and more people and more eyes and all of that. That's what this space is all about. So I need to ask my first question, which is what inspired you to start your podcast? It's an amazing name, Unscripted. Mm, thank you. Well, it wasn't always the name of the show. Back in January of this year, we rebranded to be called Unscripted because back in 2019, actually 2020 is when I started my podcast. That's right. I mean, all the years have flown by now, but it was inspired by us being closed during COVID. So myself, like many people who started a podcast was in that downtime in that turn where we were in unexpected territory. I was in the beauty industry for over 20 years. I had just opened a salon six months prior to being closed. And I knew that I had wanted to start a podcast. I have in the back of my office here, a microphone I bought two or three years prior. I'd played around in GarageBand. I've tried to dabble with the tech and I was just so overwhelmed by the small things that it kept me from ever starting. I thought I had to have it all figured out. I thought I had to have clarity on exactly who I was talking to, what I was going to talk about and an endless amount of content to create from in order to start the podcast. I quickly realized during that time, like I now have an empty space and nothing but excuses left. So I should start the podcast. And again, we started messy. It was called the Beauty Inspires Beauty Podcast. When I started speaking to my beauty professional friends, people in the industry that were in uncharted territories, I didn't know when we were ever going to open again. So there was enough of like this pain point and this need to create conversation around what was happening for me to just start the show. I always had a knowingness that it it would evolve and change as I did. And that's what happened. So probably about a year and a half later, we had some really good traction and I was really speaking to predominantly people in the industry. And I felt like I was excluding everybody else. So I was on this entrepreneur journey of, you know, new online space, what it looked like to have an online business versus a brick and mortar, how to merge the two transitions, like pivoting in life, what to do after COVID. Cause so many people struggled with things that it started to feel out of alignment to only speak to the beauty industry. So that's when I sat down with my team and I was like, something's not right. Either I want to stop and start a new one, or can we re brand this. And that's where we came up with unscripted. So for me, it felt very freeing. Like I could not have a script. I could not ask only specifically related questions to the industry. I could talk about the things that were starting to become more important to me. And it just opened up the ability for me to include the beauty industry, but also include other early stage entrepreneurs, 
aspirational females, high achievers, women who just wanted to start to put themselves out there and maybe grow their personal brand. So that's where the name change came from in January. And that's how the podcast started. Yeah. As someone who is currently in the beauty community, I I've been a makeup artist for over 14 years. And so when COVID happened, it was a weird thing to navigate. And I do kind of feel like because you know, beauty industry is very client facing, you saw kind of the boom of the the influencer over that, because how do you keep that fresh? How do you keep that moving? But I also think what that showed is kind of what you said is it's not just there's a personal aspect to it, right? So we're reaching out to other people. And I think that piece is really important is that it's not just the beauty industry, because I'm noticing a lot on Instagram, especially people want to see what you do in your day to day life, they want to get more personal. So it's not necessarily your company anymore. It's like you are your company, you are your brand. And so how do you build on that? That spoke to a lot of what I went through as well. And so it's it's definitely shifted quite a lot. What do you find kind of connects the beauty industry with some of the people that aren't in it? Because I've, I've been seeing a lot of correlations of like talking to people in different industries and realizing how closely related. What's like the common denominator you find through people that you talk to that's in the beauty industry and then people that aren't in the beauty industry? Well, at the end of the day, like entrepreneurship is the heart of everything in the beauty industry. Even if you started off as an employee, in order to grow your own book of business, you have to be an entrepreneur. Inadvertently, you become like an accidental entrepreneur at best. And those that really own that role are the ones we see having the most success. Those are the ones who are responsible for their own clientele, even if they work in someone else's salon, even if they still work for somebody else. When you own that piece of your business, like that differentiates people who are just making it or not making it to people who are creating easily multiple six-figure businesses in the industry, still quote unquote trading time for money, right? They're parlaying that into other avenues they're getting their message out, they're creating products or courses, or they become an influencer where they're now selling other people's brands or doing some other way of diversifying their income and not just staying mainstream of like, I trade time for money. I paint your face, you pay me the money. That's it. That's the only way I can survive. If you cancel, I lose. Like it's the same in any other industry, especially in the coaching space, especially in anything to do with marketing. If you're not selling, you're not making money. So at the end of it, if I look back to be able to answer that question, so much is relatable. A business is a business is a business, right? Humans will be humans will be humans is one of my buddy's favorite quotes is human nature is the same all across the board. People's ways of spending, people's loyalty, people's idea on purchasing power, whether it's through emotion or connecting to you because they love you. Like, are you the best makeup artist or do people really love connecting and being in your energy? It's probably both. And for me, I always joke that I was never the world's best hairdresser. I was just the coolest person to hang out with for two or three hours. So I parlayed that after a shutdown into what else am I good at that doesn't require me to stand here behind the chair? Can I use the skill sets I've developed and learned and do something else with them? And, you know, that's something that a lot of us, no matter what industry you're in, can sit and look at. What do people come to me for? What do people ask me about? What do I really love sharing? You know, a lot of people want to argue with me that they want to be private, that they, they have a hard time with social media and posting because they don't want to share everything. And I say, well, share the things that you do want to share. Talk about the things that do get you excited, that don't feel invasive or feel like you're sharing too much and start there. Let those things be the things you're known for. So I think those commonalities, there's a lot throughout business, but really there's a strict few things that create that success that everyone's kind of looking for. And it's really owning that piece of entrepreneurship and taking it high level, right? Not just like showing up, doing the work and that being it, like really taking advantage of what we have now, which is all this free marketing power on social. What we're doing right now is a free platform for people to find us. Like there's so much to that. We could spend two hours unpacking that, but overall that's kind of it. 
And I would have never really known that. I would have never been able to bring in outside perspectives of other businesses into the beauty industry to help coach to them if I hadn't stepped out and joined this business mastermind that I did back in 2019. Then what is the goal since the rebranding? What's the goal of your podcast? And then what can listeners expect when they put it on? Yeah. So what's interesting is when I joined that business mastermind, I just mentioned that was a couple years ago, five, six years ago, we were in the era still of get to 10,000 followers, like get all the followers, get all the likes. That's all that matters. And once you get that, then, then what, then what happens? And I always thought to myself, like, I can't do 10,000 clients. Like I was still thinking, you know, one-to-one. So to me, it really never made sense, but I was like, gotta get that swipe up, right? That's the carrot. Gotta get the swipe up feature. But then I missed growing a community. I missed documenting who I was moving into or what I was exploring. I, I tried to go from stand behind the chair, hairdresser, salon owner into beauty industry coach and mentor for people wanting to grow a six-figure business behind the chair. I didn't share that in between. I didn't share where my head was at and why I started to crave more in my life. I didn't share that I had a small kid at home that I didn't want to miss pick up after school at 2.30. So how could I maybe start to create an online business, even though my brick and mortar was really successful, even though I had this quote unquote, perfect, successful salon, I felt shame around wanting more. And like, I didn't share any of that. And so think of all the great content I could have put out even on social media, let alone a podcast. And so when the time came for me to really look back at why, like my launches for my mastermind weren't doing well, why my coaching program wasn't selling out, why people weren't really coming to me for things. You know how they say like, pull your audience, ask your people what they want. I'm like, nobody's answering me because they didn't know what the fuck I was doing. Yeah, that's... They were like, oh, so this hairdresser girl is like, a what, okay, what? Uh, she's cute, but like, what is she doing? We don't know because she never told us. She just sounds like really like angry and she like gets frustrated and she tells these stories and then she tries to motivate us and then, then she shows us her workouts and then what the fuck? Like, we don't know what's happening here. So confused audiences don't buy. And I didn't realize that I had skipped the most important part, growing a connected community of not, I don't need an audience. Nobody needs an audience. I'm clap for you. Oh, yay. Go you. You're amazing. That doesn't sell people things. People don't buy like that. That's not how the buying power works. It's based off of emotion, right? Have they connected with me? Do they know me? Do they like me? Do they trust me? Have they heard me talk about things with like substance? Like, am I, am I selling them on certain things of my life? Am I selling them on my lifestyle? Like, what what is it? So I looked at everything and I said, you have two choices, Jess. You go back to the grind that you know, and you put your whole ass back into building your business behind the chair and you make that successful because you know you can do that. Or you figure out how to start over, even though you're 40 years old and starting over feels like death and nobody likes to suck in the beginning and nobody wants to, like I wanted a lateral move, right? I was like, okay, I'm making multi six figures. I want to just make a lateral move. So if it's not lateral, I'm not doing it. I realized I had to start at the bottom again. I had to like scrub the toilets and clean the floors and not get paid. So I was like, a podcast is a perfect avenue to give free value, to let myself ramble and bamble and figure out, am I beauty inspires beauty? Am I unscripted? Am I Jess Bergio? Am I the hype girl? Am I the podcaster? Who, who am I? And what, what do I, what am I doing? And so through starting messy, through interviewing people in the, in the industry, I started to realize I love figuring out how you went from here to here. I love telling that story, sharing that story. I love asking questions. I love being nosy. All the things I got in trouble for in school, all the things I practiced behind the chair, holding space for people. What does it look like to actually listen instead of wait to talk? You know, so through that time, I really developed my voice and I figured out how to articulate things in a way that didn't sound so stressed out, frustrated, angry, right? I, I learned to study other podcasters and how they asked questions and what was the impact they were having? Could I be like that? 
that. And I practiced and I practiced and I practiced and I sucked really hard in the beginning. And I leave my early episodes up. I leave that stuff up because I want people to see where I started. And it was not really good. And that's okay. I'm so proud of like the fact that I just started. And so with all that to say, like I had to go grow and build a community of people who started to trust me that I wasn't just there to sell them some bullshit. Sorry. S-H-I-T. I was there to truly build a connection with them. And then whatever I end up selling or talking about, that's just a, a byproduct of, you know, being around me. So going back to the drawing board and building a community of people who you can serve no matter what, right? So that's where, you know, I'm at now and what I wish I would have known starting out versus kind of what I was taught to in the beginning. But, you know, we only know what we know and you can only do what you can do with what you know. I love all of that, A, because we have gone through the ringer with that but also emily feel free to cut this out we are going to rebrand i'll probably leave it in we should probably start talking to people about it we want to rebrand we're going to rebrand it's time the reoccurring thing that we get commented on quite frequently is like oh it's like a period podcast and like i don't know i don't really need any of that information and i'm like it's it's not actually we don't even really talk about it like ever so it's kind of become like the cycle of xyz of x y and z like breaking trauma cycles breaking toxic cycles breaking the cycle of whatever you've gone through before right so like it's almost like starting over again and i think it's so important to show the messiness because that's what's relatable did you find that taking that approach kind of in the later steps like you include that now in how you present your platform is like you show the messiness do you find that that garners more traction to your platform like you get a lot more conversations started that way people are way more likely to engage in just normal natural conversation on social media than they are with you asking them even a question or talking about anything that has to do with business nine times out of ten any business that comes to me is through a referral or a one-off that like somebody saw something or they heard it somewhere else not from me like hard selling through social though I do think you need to talk about your stuff I mean obviously this won't go out for a while but today I messed up I had two calls back to back at 10 and 11. And then I had a 12 o'clock guest that was coming on my show. I was prepared for her. I had all my notes ready to go. And I got so wrapped up in my call from 11 to 12. We ran over about two, three minutes. I had to go to the bathroom. I didn't even look at the clock. I went and made myself a cup of coffee. And then I'm like, oh my God, it's 12.15. I was like, I have a, a podcaster waiting for me. I went and checked the email and she wasn't on Riverside waiting for me. And she was like, I waited eight minutes. You changed my appointment. Last. Like she went off and she had every right to. And it was like such a moment where I was like, you got to own this and you got to own it publicly. If you were a famous person, they would make you make a public apology, do it anyways. And so of course I left her a private voice note. I apologized profusely. I told her what happened full transparency. Like I closed a super freaking big deal an hour before and I got up and I just blacked out and forgot what the heck I was doing. It happens. But also in that moment, I was like, this is a teachable moment. This is something to share, to show my people that are following me for real raw and authenticity that I mess up too. And so I got on and I made a public apology. I talked about what had happened. I tagged her in it. She wrote me back and she's like, I really truly do forgive you. I know shit happens. Like it's all good. Blah, blah, blah. I said on Instagram, I said, I needed that validation for her to tell me it was okay. I don't think I could have went on without my, with my day, not feeling like totally like I messed up. But in reality, like we get so caught up on the little things we mess up on. It would have diminished everything that good that had happened today. I had this with you guys. I had that big call that I closed a deal on. I've had an amazing day. 
day, but I could have let that one thing ruin it and take me out and tell me I'm not good. And that I, oh, this is what you always, you always mess things up, like document the process. And that's one of the biggest gifts. One of my mentors ever shared with me. She used to say, don't create document. Now she says, of course, create, you got to create some stuff, right? But documenting what you're going through in real time, right? Even if you have no makeup on, even if you're on the way to the gym. And that's the part where I think people do struggle with that vulnerability piece of being in real time and, and being vulnerable like that. But that is the most authentic and real. And if you think about the people you probably follow on social, or even when you watch reality shows, when they're in the throes of like realness, that's when you feel connected to them. That's when you feel like, oh, okay, you also struggle with that? cool. Like I'm not alone because I was feeling like I was alone. And so now I don't. And so now I feel even closer to you because you shared that story with me. So I get more engagement in the DMs now than I ever have before. And it's because I've started to do that almost daily. At some point in the day, I share something like that. That's something that I wrote down is, and it's something that I, I really dislike social media. I'm very adamant about that feeling towards it. I think it is a very toxic place. And I think about my nieces and if I have a future child, like all of the dark, dark things that are there and how I would have felt if I was their age growing up in this realm and this reality. You know, Stephanie is, is very good at social media. She also consumes a lot of media. It is also my job. I feel the need to mention that I'm not just laying in bed scanning the interwebs. I manage my account. I also manage the account for the makeup studio that I work with. And so it takes a lot of time to be able to to brand and manage yeah and you know what's so funny i want to like emily i want to can i challenge what you just said because it's so yeah. interesting i had a question my boyfriend actually asked me yesterday we were talking about podcasting he said something do you ever get into it with your guests and i said what does that mean he's like you know like argue because i'm a little argumentative that's probably why he was asking me if i argue with my get my guests too <laughs> and i said no but sometimes if somebody says something and i want to shift their perspective and help them look at it in a different way i'll say hey can i share my perspective with that and whether i'm a guest or they're my guest. I feel like that's what podcasting is for. It's a platform to have conversation that's constructive and that helps shift people's perspective. So I know we're going to talk about like the gist of my show now, but I'm all about helping people see things in a different way that maybe they weren't open to seeing before. That's why going outside of my industry, bringing back other perspectives into the beauty industry in ways like it's that. And I felt the exact same way as you, Emily, about social media for the longest time because I did not need it to grow my business. I built my business without any marketing, without any website, strictly referrals, strictly guerrilla marketing. I would go out, talk to people like in real life, pass out my cards. Like that's how I built my business 20 years ago. But gone are the days where we can say like, we don't want to do that part of it. Now you can pay someone else to show up for you in your business and do that. But if you are truly building a personal brand, which I know we wanted to talk about that in the power of podcasting, like you have two choices when it comes to your personal brand, you can either let the narrative be written for you by the one-offs that you post on social or things that you don't, or things that you're a part of, or you can be the one writing the script. And that's where where like owning social media as part of my job role now, I've actually embraced it so much so that I have my personal account, my podcast account, my agency account. And so I think when you own that power of social media, it really can empower you versus feel, you know, anything like what you mentioned with, and that protection piece is real, but that's real life. And that's really what's going on. So if it's not Instagram, it's TikTok. If it's not that it's Snapchat, if it's not that it's something else. And they're always creating new ways to like come at our kids. You know, my kids got access to YouTube shorts and I just let him be because I'm like, like if I don't allow it here and there, like some kid's going to show it to him at school in the bathroom. Like, and then it's going to be this taboo thing where like, my mom doesn't let me do it. So let me go to your house and veg out on it. So it's interesting. Like I could rabbit hole on those kind of things. Cause I feel you on that so hard. And I, I try to stay away for as long as I could. And it did me a disservice when it came to really growing myself on social
social media. I missed the boat. I missed the window on being able to be an influencer, being a top podcaster. Cause I watched everybody go first. Cause I was like, I'm not doing that. That's why I'm so passionate about people starting their podcast now, because I'm like, don't miss this opportunity to grow your voice on here. Because if you start now, like look where you can be. If you wait another year or two years, like it's just going to get more and more saturated. But at the same time, like you are missing an opportunity to also figure out who you are, what you want to stand for and how you want to share that with people and then monetize it. And two, I think it's important to also mention that, you know, that piece of you can choose what you put out there. I'm very selective. There's certain things at request of like my family. Sometimes I'll show them, but for the most part, I don't because it's my face and I'm fine showing my own personal things, but I'm not going to show those are my really, really private moments. And so you can be selective. And I love when people try to come at me with like, that's disgusting. I'm like, well, then don't look like you're the one that's talking about. It. I didn't bring it up to you. You brought it up to me. Like the fact that you're staring at my life and you're worried about what I'm doing back off. You know, it's just that's weird to me. It's like, go do something with go touch grass. Why are you worried about what I'm doing? You know, I think sometimes you have to stay in your own lane, especially with social media, because it's, it is inevitable. You, you have to pick a lane and you can try to sit there and bash the other lane, but that's not going to get you anywhere. You could be frustrated frustrated that the other lane might have more of a following, but bashing it isn't going to make it go away. What is the quote people say? People that are doing don't talk about it. They just do. And, you know, anyone else who has success will never poo poo on your stuff. If anything, they'll encourage it. They'll cheer you on. They'll ask you for advice. And so I joke all the time that I haven't quote unquote made it yet because I don't have I don't have any haters. Like I've, I've got a few weird comments or and things. But like, I have no haters yet. So I'm doing something wrong. I haven't figured it out. I don't think I'm like polarizing enough, but I also think I'm so raw and real that nothing that comes out of my mouth is shocking. So I kind of like that in-between spot of like, oh, she still seems like tough enough that I, we won't want to mess with her. I'm like, I'll keep that. I'll, I'll keep that. I'm good with that. Speaking of reviews, it's kind of review reminds me of, you know, we're talking about like when you're around people who are going to give you good advice, what's the favorite piece of advice that you've received from a guest or that you've learned from a guest? From a guest? I think really honestly my friend Matt Goddessman that was just on the episode just dropped if you guys get a chance to go check out Matt he's amazing he's such a forward thinking human and he shares his story on my episode around the girlfriend that he had and how she kind of like introduced him to like really being vulnerable and communication styles and skills and how he thought he was communicating but he wasn't and he said that term that I said earlier humans will be humans will be humans and he just shared a, a lot of perspective around releasing expectation of others and over the last couple of weeks, even like I've always kind of thought that, but then implementing it actually like in real time when you're triggered or when there's things that are going on, like saying that line of like, you know, people are like, come to five, five, four, three, two, one. Humans will be humans will be humans. It like takes the stress off of like, sh they're just being human. They're having a human moment and you're having a human experience in it. And let's keep it moving because I was always someone who wanted to fix things. And I'm, I'm like kind of that person that's like, oh, you're mad. Let's talk about it right now. And that's not always how people work. And so I've had to learn in different roles and as a mom especially too my kid isn't someone who likes to talk about stuff so I just gotta let him be human sometimes and so it doesn't really sound like much advice but it's kind of a way of living that gives me so much peace and freedom it's not even about other people it's like humans will be humans will be humans and it's gonna happen to me like I effed up today with that girl and I got to give myself that grace and I'm like I'm human I messed up let it go yeah that's important that's so important 
I mean, I just think sometimes we have to figure that people are going to give benefit of the doubt for things. So I'll use Emily and I as an example, because in our podcasting split, kind of how we function the podcast, I'm a lot more laissez-faire about things. And Emily's very scripted, prompted, which is it works. It works. It balances itself out over time. But sometimes those two drastic differences in how we work clash and something I think we've learned is a balance with it and like my big thing is always like I am going to give somebody grace if like they miss you know we'll say for like our our YouTube we're trying something different with our YouTube right now and so we're trying to see if the algorithm maybe likes us posting on a different day but let's say like I just don't post it at all which has happened before you know I would be understanding if someone didn't do it I'd be like okay well you know maybe something happened to him I think I would be more understanding and Emily made a great point one time she was like well let's at least announce that we missed it right people aren't going to be understanding if you don't explain and so that's kind of where that middle ground came into play and like I think that's the phrase that that we've been looking for humans will be humans will be humans obviously that's not like you can't use that to just be like oh I forgot again you know what I mean like you have to you have to take accountability for your stuff but I do think that is important to sometimes take a step back and be like maybe this person's going through something right now and it's frustrating for me I might have to take a step back and like be frustrated on my own and let myself settle and then come back to it if somebody's not apologetic for something like the fact that you made it right with that girl that's all I think we ever ask for Emily and I have been stood up in interviews And it's frustrating. And sometimes we'll just get, oh, I forgot. And that's it. Like, there's no other explanation. We're like, okay, that's it. You just like forgot. You don't want to reschedule. The fact that you like left a voice memo and like, that's beautiful. That's all people want is they just want to be acknowledged. So absolutely. And that's one of the things I, I've spent a lot of time recently teaching my son is just owning anything, owning the st- the good stuff you did, owning, you know, being the one who won the, the game for the team. Like, don't, don't shy down from that. Like you, you did a great thing celebrating our wins and then owning when you've made mistakes and like I'm in a relationship and it's it's two and a half years in it's fairly new it's complicated and it's like the one thing when we don't own our piece of it you don't validate those other people's feelings you don't validate their time it doesn't show that you respect them and then that bounces back on you right you mirror back whatever you know you get back what you're putting out and so I mean I send her an email I send her a voice note I send her a tech I send her everything and then I publicly did that because I know that to me my brand is very important to me and it's not just about we're using that word but I care about people think. And I know in real time what it's like to get no showed at the salon and that's time and money. And I don't know if it costs her time and money to like to show up and tr- try to do the show with me. So you never know, like you said, what people are going through. And again, that was a perfect, that was, that segues into the second piece of advice I got, which was the document don't create. That was a perfect opportunity to document something in real time, apologize, own it, and just like close the gap and like everybody can keep it moving. So do I think she'll ever come back on the show? Nope. <laughs> I don't think she'll say yes to me again. Hopefully I shared that today and someone took it and maybe had a hard conversation with somebody they needed to have and own a piece that they weren't owning. So those two things I think can really help us, especially if you're in transition or if you're in growth or if you're in trying something new, like just own where you're at. And that also comes with like not acting like you know everything. I think the biggest piece for me in podcasting and in building businesses that I have over time being a part of other people's businesses owning when I don't know. I don't know, but I'll go figure it out for you. And that's what I tell anybody who who hires us as the agency. Like we will over deliver 
sure. And I will figure out what I don't know, but I will be quick to tell you, I'm not sure. Let me go find out. I can't answer that right now. Let me go find out. I got to talk to my partner. Let me go find out. It's an acceptable answer. Telling somebody I just forgot with no explanation. That's not good enough. That I don't accept. You better just come up with a good excuse and lie to me. Yeah. That's something that I do with my students all the time. I'm a college professor and I'm always like, I'm not going to lie to you. If I don't know the answer to the question that you asked me, we're going to go look it up right now. Like, I don't know everything. I don't even know everything about what I teach in acting and theater. Sometimes I've missed something. So of course, I'm going to be open and honest about the fact that I don't know. It would be really silly of me to lie to you. I want to know now too. So I always pride myself in trying to learn something new every day because then then it's open. Then I'm excited to learn and I get to come away from my day and be like, this is what I learned today. I'm so glad that I pushed myself in this place. And I learned this about myself, about this topic, whatever. It's amazing. So I think that's that's a big mindset shift that's happened for me within the last almost three years that we've had the podcast. So it kind of leaves me to my question of asking you, how has podcasting changed slash saved your life? Mm, I think I've shared a lot already and people can probably tell from my tone how passionate I am about having a podcast now. So much so that I was looking at what I was doing as far as this on online business space and coaching and I was loving it. But for me, I came from a world of tangibles, right? Like you pay me for a haircut. I see you walk out with said haircut. I could see this energy exchange. My deliverables were listed, haircut, color, whatever you want. Those were my deliverables, right? And people knew what they were paying and what they they should expect from me, right? They knew they were going to shampoo, a blow dry, like all the things. And so when I moved into the online coaching space, it was still time for money trade. I was fine with that, but I was like, something's missing. I had this huge emphasis on, I needed to know their transformation. And you know, like Tony Robbins always says, like, I'm not your guru, like your transformation is yours. And I'm like, I'm not, I can't accept that. I need to see the after what's the after. And with coaching, it's very open-ended and it's very intuitive led. Sometimes it's client led. And then what's the end goal? Like sometimes, you know, it was, it was an interesting new space for me. And I tried really hard to love it and be a part of it. And I, and I did it for a couple of years with that mastermind and and, in different ways. And finally I'm like, what is going on here? I I guess, I guess I can't be like everybody else. Okay. So what are you going to do? You love the podcast. You've been podcasting. You've watched your friends start agencies. I have friends that have social media agencies, podcast agencies, like PR agencies. They have HR booking. And I'm like, man, an agency sounds like a lot of work. And I knew it was one of my best friends has a social media agency and she works nonstop. And I said, well, you're good at working. Like, that's not what you're scared of. What are you scared of? Well, you've never done anything like this before. That's a lot of responsibility. Well, could you teach other people how to podcast like you? Well, yes. And would you be able to give them something in exchange for them paying you? Yes. I could get to them an edited show, show notes, emails. Oh, there's deliverables. I could see an energy exchange. I'm a very visual, creative person. So I I need to say, you give me the money, I give you the things. Like it felt like a thing. And then it clicked. And I would watch all these other people start businesses and things would click. And I'm like, nothing's clicking. But if you would have asked me a couple couple years ago, I would have never thought podcasting, coaching, mentorship, an agency was even like, be like, yeah, right. No, that's not my purpose in life. That's not my passion. And like, if you can't see this in video, like I'm like rolling my eyes kind of, because we have been conditioned to chase this purpose and passion, this end all be all thing. That's like our soul's calling. And it has to be that, or you better not choose it. And, you know, even Oprah talks about it and all these things. And I'm like, what if for a season, 
however long that is, I could get really purposeful about helping people start their podcast. Could I be passionate about that? Yeah, I'm really passionate about my podcast. So when you ask how it's changed my life, it's changed my life because it's clicked for me in the way I needed it to be. I created my own coaching business off of the things that I needed. And then I can come from a place of service and yes, and passion and purpose and like this tone in my voice where I just sound super ridiculously coffeeed up and excited because I truly am excited to talk to people about how they can strategically use a podcast to grow their personal brand, have a creative outlet or a hobby if that's all they want, or to have a top of funnel business and really drive traffic to whatever it is they end up selling or building their brand. So to say it's changed my life, I'm so glad you asked me that in, in that way, because honestly, like it truly has changed my life. I have found my own voice through podcasting. I have figured out how to say things in a way that lands a little better than maybe it used to in my younger days when I would just say things and I'm like, you have no filter. And I was like, I know I need help. But I always prided myself on being someone who spoke my mind. So now I get to have my own platform that is mine. I own it. I can say whatever I want, however I want to whoever I want, and they get to choose if they want to listen. And then I also get to help other people figure that out too. And it's been two and a half months since we launched the agency. We've signed seven clients, one really big brand client. And I'm just like, we are like, it's going right. Like when you see people just hit that momentum and you're like, oh my God, overnight success. I'm like, nah, this has been like in the making and a lot of blood, sweat and tears and wanting to quit and go back to what I know and to tell myself I, I'm not smart enough. I can't figure it out. And now every day, like you saying you want to learn something new every day, I'm like, cool. I don't know how to do that. Show me YouTube or whoever, like teach me. I want to learn and I want to feel empowered to be able to teach other people that, right? And that's one of the things that when I used to mentor all of my assistants throughout the years at the salon, like I learned so much by teaching as I went. And you know, as a teacher, you probably feel like you relearn that every day. And it's just, you learn something new, even if you're teaching the same thing that I could teach the same haircut. And it was like, I would learn something new because it was on a different head. And so podcasting is so similar, but everybody's so different, has a different message and a different way. It's just like, I could go all day on podcasting, obviously. It's no, everything. I, I it's everything. It. No, it's amazing because it's, it's certainly made us very, very, I think, different people than what we started out as two years That's ago, cool. which is amazing. I never like 15 year old self, which we'll get to of Emily would be very proud of how outspoken I am, the way that I use my voice, the weirdness that I portray every day. I was such a closeted weirdo. And now I'm like, everybody see me. I'm a so strange. <laughs> um, so good. It's so good. <laughs> yeah. And, and my students are literally today we were doing, it was acting day. So I was explaining and running them through acting exercises. And my one student looked at me, she goes, this class is weird. I was like, me, yay, let's do it. All right. Flowers. That sounds awesome. I wish I could take your class. It was really fun. And then she comes up to me after she's like, you remind me so much of my aunt. And I was like, is she awesome? And she goes, yeah, she is. I was like, great. Awesome. Thanks for the compliment. That's everything. I don't, I don't care. I just, they, they know that I'm weird. It's like my favorite thing. That's basically how I lead. But anyway, so something that I, I like to ask, but I, I don't ever really put it on the outline because it depends how I'm feeling, everything like that. I think it's always really exciting for this show in particular to pull back the curtain for the listeners. You know, most of our listeners aren't other podcasters. Most of our listeners are just random, normal human beings trying to break the cycle of whatever we're talking about. So what is one way that you want to like pull back the curtain to let people know maybe the hard work, the things that you need, the thing that goes into it? Because I think that's so important for people to understand what's happening behind the microphone. Listen, if 
if you have a huge platform already that you can leverage, your podcast will probably perform really well, no matter what you say, no matter how you show up, no matter how many episodes you put out. Cool. If you are a normal average human, like the three of us here were before we started our podcast, yo, I think you're in a room full of weirdos. And I hope you listening just embrace your weird so much. Like that's why hairdressing for me was such a cool place to find myself because I walked into a room full of weirdos and I was like, oh my God, I can be whoever I want in this room. I can paint my face however I want. I can cut my hair however I want. I can color it. I can do whatever I want. And we look like rock stars. I'm here for it. And that's why I joined that community at 18 years old because I was the girl who was the weirdo trying to fit in, being normal, being the cheerleader, like smoking the cigs because everyone else was doing it, drinking alcohol because everyone else was like, I tried so hard to fit in for my whole life that I ended up standing out. So so it's like, you know, that's why hairdressing was so important. But with podcasting, it's really about just owning who you are and embracing it because that along with consistency, that along with hard work, meaning do the things that need to be done, even if they don't feel quote unquote scalable, they don't feel quote unquote, like that's not my zone of genius. Yeah, no, in the beginning, guys, you got to do the shit that sucks. Like you got to scrub the toilets, you got to clean the floors, you got to take the trash out, you got to do all the things until you get to a point in your growth that you can start to delegate that stuff out. But you first need to know how to take the trash out yourself. You first need to know how you want that toilet scrubbed because you can't hire to what you don't really know. And if you want people who are on your team ride or dies, they need to know that you've done it first and they need an SOP, a, a standard operating procedure of start here, do this, do this so that they can start to replicate and get behind your brand and your message. So when I started, I told you guys it was beauty inspires beauty when I started, right? I hit about episode 40 and I was doing tons of interviews in person at the salon when we were closed, like sneaking all my friends in to do like interviews. I had my buddy was a videographer and it was great. And then I got to this point where I started to do some Zooms because like my warm audience, I'd gone through that and I was getting people on. And I started feeling resistance around creating solos. I'm like, you got to create some solos. You can't just only do interviews, right? People need to know who you are. I just felt like I was selling everybody else's like coaching programs and talking about their stuff. And I was like, this podcast is for you, Jess. Like, what are you doing? And I talked to my brother who he's like a hip hop rap. Like my brother's awesome. He's owns his weird. And he was like, well, what are you not doing on your show? Do you think? And I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I, I just, I feel like I, I don't know how to be me. And he's like, what does that look like? And I was like, well, it's called beauty inspires beauty. And it's like, I'm trying to be like, I was in high school. I was trying to fit in. I was trying to be girly and soft and do it like them. I'm like, if tattoos, your nose is pierced, you chopped your hair off. Like you want to use the F word. You want to get passionate and raise your voice about stuff. Like talk like you would to your friends when no one's looking. And once I started to embrace that, once I started to talk about topics that really resonated with me, it was like, I had an endless stream of content to pump out and there was no more resistance around how I was going to show up, what I was going to say. And that's when I started to feel the missing piece of like, this name doesn't resonate with me. I need to figure out what that's going to look like, but I'm not going to put pressure on that. Podcasts can ebb and evolve as you grow. If you fall out of alignment with coaching, like I did in a traditional sense, change it, figure it out. Like you can change things up in podcasting. And so consistency, just starting, even if you're scared, I literally just posted about this today. The best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The second best time is today. And like planting some seeds down and starting to water them and see what grows like you can prune the hedges later but like just start and get around people who are doing what you want to be doing ask the questions get all the free resources you can until you've done that stuff do the work and then join masterminds or programs or get with people like our agency who can really help you figure out how to monetize your podcast or to get really strategic around what you're doing with it there's so much to it but that's the advice is for one just start for two it doesn't have to be perfect and three by the time you hit 211 
11 episodes like me, like no one's going back to episode one, two, three, or four. So let yourself mess it up. Let yourself do it messy and, and wrong and whatever, and not post the YouTube one time. Like you mentioned, like no one's counting your mistakes, right? They're just waiting for you to win. People want to see you win. That's what I tell my, my acting students for auditions. I'm like the people behind the table, they want you to do well. They don't want you to do badly because they want their job to be easy and it's going to be easy. Yeah. They don't want to be do there well. all day. No, <laughs> yeah. they, they want to cast that show with you. So I always say that. I think that's really important is that people actually want to see other people win. Good people, not everybody, but most good people would like to see other people win and prosper. We're getting to the end here. I need to know what women empowerment means to you. Ooh, truly supporting other women, even if you feel some type of way about their success mm. and taking that extra step and letting them know that you see them and that you're proud of them, even if they're a hundred steps ahead of you and you think to yourself, how, how can I say I'm proud of her? Like, no, my friend Lori Harder, who has over a thousand episodes on her Earn Your Happy podcast, who is now part of Brendan Bruchard's podcast network, who is a multimillionaire. Like, like she's, she's done it all. She's doing it all. She's still showing up. I get her text messages on my phone because I'm part of her text community. And I knew her way back when, when she was just a fitness expert, you know, still doing well, but not where she's at. That was 10 years ago when we met in the fitness world. And she's just, right? And I got the text today and I know I can respond on there. And I wrote her. I said, I see you. I'm so proud of you. This is so awesome. She had said something. And I thought, I wish more people would show up and like say that, but they think, oh, she doesn't need to hear from me. She doesn't care what I think. Like, who am I to tell somebody that they're amazing and great? And everybody needs validation. I don't care what stage you're at in your life or your business. If you have a podcast, if you can share other people's stuff, like it costs you nothing to repost somebody something. I grew up with a core group of friends and I hope they hear this rather than I hope they don't hear this. Not one single one of them has shared my book. Hardly any of them bother to download my podcast. They don't have to listen to it, but why don't you go download it for me? Why don't you share it for me on your social media after you share your kid's freaking Starbucks sandwich? Like, you know, you see me growing a business. You know the type of person I am that if you ask me to do, like that's women's empowerment to me, the things that we don't need to ask each other to do. We need to be doing the things without being asked. What a great answer. Ooh, I think I yeah. need to do it. I need to write that down. I got to do an episode on that. I'm getting fired up. That, that, because that was our biggest struggle at the beginning was I bet. this idea that other people, our friends, our friends, I'm putting in quotation marks, would be the people that would support. And none, I mean, I have a few friends. I have one great, great friend and I, I will get, well, we have two great friends. What's crazy is it's universal that people say that strangers will buy from you or support you more than people closest to you. And I understand it now because it's really hard when people change on us. It's really hard when people are not doing what we're doing anymore. We don't understand it. And like, since this whole journey for me joining this business mastermind and starting the podcast, like I lost my best friend since we were 12 years old. I wouldn't like lost her, but we don't communicate anymore. We used to talk every day. And then it was like every week and, you know, it was due to some other dumb stuff, but it, it was never spoke about it. Just kind of you know, because we grew apart and like that kind of stuff's okay. But at the end of the day, like to me, real true women's empowerment is like, no matter where you're at with somebody, like take a second. So much though. It, it, that's huge. It's something that I've been very happy about my growth within the last six months. I've really let go of this need of like, well, uh, on my personal page, I would be like, well, F you, how dare you not listen? And like, I would just call people out because it was really, really upsetting. And then I was like, you know what? They don't care. And I get it. They don't care. They don't want me to succeed. I don't need to be your friend. 
and we could go our separate ways. And I bet you like it's I bet you it's not even that they don't want you to succeed. It's that it pains them to see you succeeding. It pains them to see you growing. And when people can't see themselves in what you're doing, they don't know what's going on. And like that's why they always say like confusion doesn't sell or whatever. And so you're not you can't sell your friends on a new version of you because they want the old version. So in fact, they're probably mad at you for being different now. It's like annoying to them. And so, you know, but I will say being open to having these hard conversations with your friends and being really specific about the support that you need. It's just like a boyfriend or a best friend, right? Like I wish I could have articulated better to her how I wish she could have shown up for me, but I knew the capacity of where she was at and I knew better than to ask her for that. My boyfriend, on the other hand, we can have these conversations where we say, what can I do so you feel more supported so we don't get into this argument again or where there's not a misunderstanding. So we can literally specifically say, I need this, 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 and this, or I need you not to do X, Y, Z. So I think we need to own that piece of asking for what we really truly want and need. And that's why like when you launch something like, let's say you're listening right now and you want to launch a podcast and you're like, oh shit, maybe that's going to happen to me too. And all my friends are going to ditch me. Loop them in, take them for the ride with you. Don't just like pop out the woods and be like, I got a podcast. Now you got to post about it. Like tell them what you're thinking, but also be discerning when you're sharing those seeds of an idea with people, protect that, protect that because that's the quickest time. Like an idea can get burned or kicked or like shut out is when you tell the wrong person and they say, that's dumb. Why would you start a podcast? Like what's that for? Or taken or straight up taken quick side story i had an idea for something that i thought would be a really great business idea and i told a family member and they were like oh wow that's a great idea i'm taking that i thought they were kidding and i was like ah no you're not and then come to find out they opened a store it was the almost identical idea same name that i came up with and i'm like wow are you kidding and like i never got a call i never got a text and I knew it was my idea and everyone was congratulating them. And I'm like, so when I brought it up to my family, I had a few family members come back at me with, well, you were never going to do it. I said, I wasn't even given the grace of them saying a phone call. Hey, I think this is a really great idea. Is this like we're adults now? You can call me. It just was kind of one of those things where I realized that I can't even share it with certain, you know what I mean? Like you have to have a core group of people and that discernment when you and what you share with whom you share it is vital. There's so many lessons to be learned in life and we can get mad about them. We can play the victim role. We can say, why is this happening to me? We can make a story out of everything that happens to us. But another great piece of advice I got that just popped in my head right now from a guest was no story, no meaning. Yeah. No story, no meaning. If you don't create a story around it, you're not getting giving it meaning. So we could go down the list of all the things that that could apply to. This is a juicy episode today. You oh, guys. This is, this is fab. This is exactly why I see. I love doing this show because female podcasters connect on so many levels because I yeah. feel like our stories kind of merge and map and there's so many similarities. So we could just talk all day and it's, it, this is why I love doing this. So my last question for you is what advice would you give your 15 year old self? At 15, my friends were everything. And I remember my mom saying, these won't even be your friends when you're my age one day. And I said to her, you have no idea what you're talking about. You've never been 15, but 
<laughs> my mom had me at 19 years old. So I think she was pretty hip to the fact that probably when she looked around, she didn't have any friends left after she had a baby that young or being pregnant that young or being the youngest of six kids. Like, you know, so I would tell my 15 year old self to pay more attention to what I want and what I think versus what everyone else wants and thinks. And I know that's easier said than done. And, you know, take that as it is if you're young and you're listening to this, or even if you're our age and you're listening, I mean, I'm 42, you guys seem a lot younger than me, but even if you're in, in these stages of age, come back to yourself and ask, what do I want? Is this decision or this goal or this dream? Is it mine? Like when I opened that salon, I was like, yeah, I knew I could do this. Like I felt prideful for doing it, but I was also like, this was never my dream or goal. It was what everybody else in the industry wanted me to do. All my clients wanted me to open my own space. My mom, like then I would be a successful hairdresser because I owned a salon. So learning to be discerning of what your real goals and dreams are and getting rooted in that and don't let people deter you from you want to be an actress if you want to be a dancer you want to do hair you want to do makeup you want to whatever you know chase that goal and dream and don't stop until you get what you really want in life and it's going to be okay when you get older if you change your mind you're allowed to change your mind it's a woman's prerogative don't ever forget it damn put that on repeat wake up to it in the morning <laughs> i'll have to change my mind today well this was amazing i mean i can i can see why your clients have signed on and I can see that there is going to be exponential growth. The way that you speak, it's very intelligent. It's very straightforward, but there's a lot of heart behind it. And I think that's important, right? We don't want to work with people who are just doing it for the dollar sign. You can tell that you you care about it and you care about the people that you work for. So we know where to find you. Where can other people find you? And do you have any projects coming up that we should be keeping our eyes and ears open for? Hell yeah. Finally, I got an answer to that question. You all can find me on Instagram. I love hanging out. Please send me a voice note in the DM. If you're scared to leave me a voice note, you can text through DM. I love hearing from everybody, you know, or you can text me. I have a text number that it is me, but we are launching a mastermind for people who want to start a podcast. If you are interested in starting a podcast, this will be a five month container where you will go from idea to launch. And, you know, you will have a community of other people collaborating in real time, going through the struggles that you might be facing, starting your show. You'll have people to do life with. So we're really excited about that. We don't have a launch date for it, but it's in the works right now. It'll probably be ready to go by the time this episode drops. But yeah, it's just Jessica Bergio on Instagram. And I love having conversations over there. Anything I said resonated, let me know. I, I do love validation. It is a gift to give me to say, hey, that really resonated. Or I didn't really like what you said. You know, constructive criticism too. So don't be afraid to tell me what you really think. I love that. Yeah, most people are a little bit afraid of that, right? They're like, do you want the truth? Like, do you really I love the truth. And even if you want to hear real truth, you can come listen to my podcast at Unscripted, the <laughs> podcast. That's on Instagram as well too. That's a given. This is amazing. Thank you. This was a very beautiful conversation. There was a lot of really good stuff. I feel like I'm ready to go into the work week now. There's a couple things you said that really resonated with me that I needed to hear in my own development of my own platform. So thank you. I feel like I need to Venmo you or like you take Zelle or <laughs> I've made that joke so many times on the show just because we talked to such amazing people. So thank you. I mean, that was like, this is free. This is free resource for you. If you are listening to this show, this is the power of podcasting. She gets an hour of my time for free to get to feel like there was some <laughs> juicy goodness. We worked some things out. We talked about our feels. We connected. You're growing your network. You're building proximity to people who you wouldn't otherwise ever get a chance to sit down and talk to for an hour. Like the power of podcasting is unlimited and it will create opportunities in your life that you can't even think of right now. Like the goals you think you have, boom, wait until you start to put yourself out there and see what resonates and what energy you call in and bring in. Like you guys are moving and shaking. I say rebrand quick, include people in it, step your game up. If you need any help, let me know.
You're amazing. Thank you. Y'all, please go check Jessica out. All of the links are going to be below on the side, up, down, all around town, wherever you're listening and or watching. Go and check her out. And then, of course, if you know us, you know where to find us. If you don't, hi, we're Cycle Chats. You can find us at www.cyclechats.com. Everything's there. We got a newsletter. We got a storefront. We got a YouTube. Of course, our show is there. You can listen there. I think that's all she wrote. So on that note, we hope you sync up with us next time. (laughs) 